out of Oklahoma City. You're listening to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where movies are more than just 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. The Good Trash Genre Cast is a member of the Good Trash Media family. For more information, go to goodtrashmedia.com. They're talking about you, boy. But you're still the Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where a bunch of people gather around a table and we discuss the films that you will never discuss in a film studies course. This week's film is a host pick from myself. It is Last Action Hero, starring one Arnold Braunschweiger, and uh, very, very glad, or Schwarzenegger. Um, right, we got it. Gazoon yeah. type. And uh, so we're going to be talking about this film. It's going to be a lot of fun. I believe there's going to be some Arnold love that's going to happen, and uh, what have you and whatnot, and so stay tuned for that. But let's first identify the disembodied voices surrounding your brain through your mp3 playing device and headphones as you listen to the show to my left sir who are you hi my name is caleb masters and uh dustin this is one hell of a way to spend christmas accurate accurate thank you very much for that um on around the table ma'am who are you my name is alexander bohannon and if i arrest him i have to arrest half of congress fair enough fair enough to my right sir who are you I am Arthur Gordon, and no one is going to tell this sweet prince goodbye. That's right. Thank you very much for that. My name is Dustin Sells, and I iced that podcast to Kona Phrase. And I am very, very glad. <laughs> I got puns. Uh, very, very glad to be here with you all talking Last Action Hero. Now, we need to warn you, dear listener, this is not a review show. It is an analysis show. So if you have missed Last Action Hero up to this point, as some of my co-hosts had up until viewing it for the sake of this show, uh, we will be spoiling the film, but we will give you a brief reprieve early on in the film in which we will have a synopsis from The Voice of the Cinema, our quick thumbs-up, thumbs-down reviews. We will get mildly and vaguely spoilery during our gameplay, and then once it gets down to business, then and that is our analysis. Once we begin that analysis, guys, spoilers ahoy, you have been warned. So, without any further ado, Mr. Arthur Gordon, Voice of the Cinema, let's hear that synopsis. With the help of a magic ticket, a young film fan is transported into the fictional world of his favorite action film character. Um, yep, that's exactly what happens. So, uh, well done, um, IMDb, for succinctness and being able to give us a synopsis that we all can understand. I couldn't find the word. <laughs> I caught Arthur's disease. All righty, well, let's move on, and let's hear those quick thumbs-up, thumbs-down reviews. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what do you think of this movie? I think this is a fun movie that has a lot of fun with the tropes of action movies by presenting a badly made action film. I think it has a lot of heart. Uh, it has held up well due in part to the intentional campiness of the movie in the movie. I enjoy Arnold here and he turns in a pretty solid performance. Uh, the kid, one of a number of interchangeable kids from this time period, uh, carries his end of the bargain. Uh, the cameos are some of the best kind as many of them are blink and you miss it. Uh, my major complaint with the movie is that I feel like it tries to spend too much time in both worlds. Uh, it feels kind Kind of like it's winding down when they come back and, you know, this section goes on for a while. Uh, Aside from that, I think it is enjoyable and it's mostly easy to watch. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what do you say in terms of your review? Well, this is my first time seeing this feature. I'm a huge Schwarzenegger fan, so I feel sad and disappointed for him not (laughs) catching it uh, before this this time. It's kind of interesting that, I mean, this is really an Arnold heyday. This is two years after T2. I mean, this is peak action time for Arnold. And so for him to come out with this really kind of before 
before the mold meta pick is uh, flick is really, really fascinating to me. And I really enjoy it. Um, in terms of the film itself, um, I mostly get irritated by child actors, but this child actor I found quite enjoyable. I hope he has gone on to do at least one other thing besides this movie. I don't know. We, we all, we all shrug. So I guess, (laughs) I guess so. Uh, yeah. Um, but he didn't irritate me. Like he didn't feel, he felt like, my uh, childhood memory of a friend of that time. It doesn't feel um, too forced or not um, phoned in. Sometimes kids can just be like, wow, you know, and just not actually be acting. Um, But that was great. Um, I agree with Arthur's criticisms that the length of time that we're in the real world and dealing with real world stuff, that's... uh, that's where the movie really drags. I can't believe yeah. this movie's like two. This movie could easily be an hour and a half so easily, I think. I uh, just needed a pretty strict editor. Um, but I enjoyed it. Had lots of meta uh, criticism. The performances were great. The cameos were delightful. Um, I It's very fun popcorn summertime fare. Good job, Dad, for picking a, a pick <laughs> that um, was really, really uh, not as handholdy as watching Holy Mountain by <laughs> Jorowski. <laughs> Holy Mountain, it is not. That is it is not. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Miss Alexander Bohan. And Mr. Caleb Masters, what do you say in terms of your review? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they get uh, both Arthur and Alex kind of. Uh, you know, touched on my criticisms of the film. It should have been they could have trimmed. They should have trimmed at least a half an hour out because, uh, and they could have even done some of the the, the dumb action movie world too, uh, to, to a little bit because the movie just it overindulges some a little too much sometimes. Um, and I actually found Dane to be a little annoying. Not not like the child actor. Yes, what? not the actor. Like the, the character. No, 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 no. The character. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. He wasn't like yeah, I can see he that. wasn't like pulling my hair annoying. But there was a lot of times he just says really dumb stuff. I was like, oh, just, but just, keep in mind, Caleb, we were all that stupid kid. Like all of us were. And that's fair. I'm, not, I, I'm just saying it, <laughs> oh, it, no, it, was, it was definitely there was definitely times I rolled my eyes. I was not no, pulling. I, I was not pulling my hair out though. I can see that. So, so there's there's that. But uh, you know, I actually had never seen the film before either. I was kind of in shock I hadn't seen it. I think I'd caught a couple clips of it on TV because there's definitely a, a couple moments when I was watching. I was like, wait a second, I've seen this somewhere before. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think it the the meta nature of the film. Uh, and uh, the way it kind of gives that way to the dumb, mindless action, uh, it really fits my cup of tea. I, I love meta films. If you guys go back and listen to the Scream review, I mean, I uh, the Scream analysis show, I really dug that movie because of that reason. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, all that stuff, all my wheelhouse. So I appreciate it uh, when a film does that. And it's not just it's not just a film criticizing the action genre. It's also Arnold Schwarzenegger reflecting on his own career. Um, and you know, I think it serves a great love letter to Arnold fans, and I, I, part of me kind of wishes he could have gone on at this point. He could have gone on to a different time in his career, as opposed to continuing to make these types of movies, because it really felt like a good way to put a put a cap in his action yeah. hero, dumb action hero role, yeah. and then move on to something else. Except for he never moved on to anything else. Right. It, I did find it fascinating that he's playing this character, and we see him play this character again and totally straight, and whenever we watch The Last Stand for this show, cowboy boots, big belt buckle, lots of guns, he's an inexplicably, he's an inexplicably Austrian sheriff in this like tiny town. And, 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 you know, it's really, you're right, he didn't go on to do oh, so many things that we see that are action stars of this day and age are like yeah. transitioning into doing more solid work. 
yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's my biggest thing. It would have been, I feel like this would have been a great film to be like, all right, now I'm going to move on to do something else, but he, he never did. So it does, it, and to some extent, it does take away from the impact of the film, just knowing, because we know how his career's played out. Um, and last, just last note on church, on, in terms of review, Charles Dance, guys. This guy deserved to be an iconic bad guy way before Tywin Lannister on Game of Thrones. He was great in this movie. I really, I, I don't understand how he didn't get cast in more roles. So big shout out to that guy there. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. I think part of the reason why Arnold might not have moved on to uh, other more serious fare is because of the trailer that we see um, in, inside of Danny's imagination of uh, his version of Hamlet. I think that's sort of Arnold's range, I'm afraid to say, that it would have been, hey, Claudius, you know, and uh, that's just, and of course, you would never cast Schwarzenegger as uh, Hamlet. He's just too big. Can't I would. It. I mean, well, yeah, it'd be fantastic, <laughs> but it would not There's be There's money point. in that movie. But, but I would argue the only reason you think that is because you've only ever seen him in roles before that, and, he, and you're, what you're doing is you're actually, you're part of the problem, you're actually pigeonholing him into that role, and who's to say Arnold couldn't do better roles? I, I think it would have been worth seeing him at least try and i don't think we ever really got that well i mean there are i I would i would contest that point caleb and for a couple reasons um because of twins and also because of junior and uh kindergarten cop where he makes some efforts in his uh, comedic roles to have these moments of sort of melodrama slash dramatic performance kindergarten cop really yeah there's moments in there and they're, they're quite wooden um, and I think I think overall, I mean, I think Schwarzenegger's got a range, and he's got a you know he's got a wheelhouse, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that's just who he is and what he's about. But nonetheless, um, I love Last Action Hero because I like Schwarzenegger doing what he is good at, and he is quite funny. Uh, and I would say this uh, towards Twins and Junior and other films is that I think those movies are still fun. They're lots of fun. He he's fine as a comedy uh, player as well as an action uh, you know actor, and so uh, he does all those things together in Last Action Hero. Uh, to great effect and it's fa- fantastic. I love the meta nature of the film. Uh, we've already talked about the performances. F. Murray Abraham, guys. I'm just saying he killed Mozart, and uh, that's uh, that's a good callback and another good meta moment. And the film is self aware and cheeky in all the right ways. Um, you guys complain about it being too long. I feel like it's too short. I just had so much fun with it. I would like this to be like a two parter cliffhanger with a whole second film in the real world. Getting back to this, no. I I, it's, I could live here. Forever. I could okay. I could see it as a mini series, maybe like a yes. six parter, but like I I don't think that any like we're not gonna Harry Potter this shit. I'm not gonna like <laughs> buckle through like parts one and two in one setting. I'm gonna watch an episode of Last Action Hero and then I'm gonna go about and watch like Orange is the New Black or something and come back to it. Like I don't I don't think it's like a go kind of a It'd be a fun T V show like it would the quantum be a, leap thing, like going to different movies each week. Yeah, oh for, for like yes. one season That'd be so much or fun. something like that. God no, you could run that for a long Showrunners, time. Showrunners, listen to us. The guy with Pick the magic up. ticket. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, like sliders or quantum leap. I mean it would work. Oh god. It'd be no. ridiculous. It'd I be want fun. this so bad. Yes, I, I do. I But I, only with Arnold. Yes. 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 You he must has to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised there isn't a sequel for this movie. Why would there need to be though? I, no, I feel like the no, movie... there doesn't need to be. But I mean, as I was talking to people after I watched this, uh, like talking to Zach and stuff, we were discussing um, the motivations for action heroes. Um, for instance, he gets back at them uh, for the kind of death of his second cousin, and I was like, "Wait, isn't there another dumb action movie?" It's like, "Oh yeah, that guy uh, Keanu Reeves is mad about someone killing his dog or something," and then they're making a second movie of that. So so it's not beyond the imagination that Last Action Hero could get a second film. But Last Action Hero didn't perform well financially, did it? No, it was an absolute yeah. failure. What? And yeah. Because That's it was up against the same weekend of Jurassic Park's opening. Oh, my 
band, so there, yeah. there's, there's hands down no competition. The studio kind of set it up to fail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bummer. Yeah, it's too bad for uh, this particular film. So there you go, dear listener. Now you know our biases. They are generally favorable towards the film. Um, I think, though, as I look upon my watch, it might just be time to play the game. Time to play the game. This week's game is movie characters we'd like to have a night on the town with. That's right. Movie characters we would like a night on the town with. Brought to you by Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero. Arnold Schwarzenegger could wear you like a backpack and it would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) I would let him. Yep. (laughs) He could carry all of us. Yes. With with no effort. (laughs) No effort. He'd be like Fezzik going up the rope and it wouldn't even notice that we're there. There were, yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. Yep. All right. Well, there you go, dear listener. That is this week's game. I'm so excited to hear the gameplay of my co-host. I'm going to go to you first, Miss Alexander Bohannon. What are your selections? Golly. Well, um, some movie characters slash action heroes I'd like to be uh, second banana to. I would love to be um, the woman of the hour in an Indiana Jones flick, um, being the Marion Ravenwood uh, of that particular uh, feature. Younger indie, not Indy 5, I mean, Indy 4, of course. Um, then I would also love to be, um, I would love to be um, the second in command on any Star Trek ship anywhere across the universe. I'd love to be uh, Captain Janeway's second in command, uh, or maybe even the, uh, even a lieutenant of security or something. Oh, just being on one of those ships. I'd also love to be um, the second sidekick to, uh, Natalia, isn't it Romanov? Is that Black Widow's real name? Yes. Yeah, I would love to be her. She can show me all the spy ways. And then we'd hang out with Tony Stark afterwards for good measure. And then the new Spider-Man. The new Spider-Man is such a cool guy. Anyway, so those are some people I'd like to spend an afternoon with. Um, And, of course, Arnold. But we can't really pick him because the movie is basically about him. Thank you very much for that selection, Miss Alexander Bohan. And Mr. Caleb Masters, what are your selections? Yeah, I try to keep mine in the wheelhouse of action here as is to avoid repetition whenever we all eventually get interviewed by Dalton one of these days. Uh, so I went with uh, the obvious action hero. I mean, the only one I'd really want to power around with, to be honest, and that's John McClane. And just because he's got all the good jokes. I mean, everyone else has got one-liners. He's got the good jokes. And I feel bad for the guy, you know? He needs he needs a, he needs a good companion, you know, to, to, to help him out to get his, through his shit with his wife, because apparently that's not very good news. Uh, secondly, I go with uh, Lee. That's Jackie Chan from Rush Hour, uh, because he's got jokes <laughs> yes. all day long. Fun. It's yes. so fun. And, and, and he also challenged me to, to get my climbing and swinging skills back in action. Oh, great. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. Fantastic. Uh, and then got to give a shout to the lady Laura Croft because she's an epic badass. And any time I could spend time with uh, Laura Croft, <laughs> raiding tombs. We we sort. certainly don't know your motivation for that at all, Caleb. Quote, quote, unquote, quote unquote raiding tombs. Raiding <laughs> tombs. <laughs> Obviously, double entendre. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, nope. Isn't isn't Rafe uh, from uh, Star Wars? She's. I heard she was tapped to play the next Laura Croft. Is that a rumor? No, Is it's uh, rumor? Uh, Alicia Vikander from um, De- 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 Dex Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. even better. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh no, definitely much better. It's it's gonna. I, I when I heard that news, I, I about lost it. It's fantastic. And last shout out to Arnold. I want to hang out specifically with the T eight hundred from T two because that was always the, that was the friend as a kid I always wanted to have. Just this big dude with the Aww. biker suit. He's awesome. Big dude I, with the biker suit. I, he had a motorcycle. I mean, come on. When you're like, I think when I say this, to me like when I was like eight, probably. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Best friend. He doesn't. Aww. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't ask that. questions. So much fun. All righty. Well, thank so you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters, Mr. Arthur Gordon. I almost called you Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, either or. Either or. I mean, you know, you have a very distinct Mr. Schwarzenegger, if you're nasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. So, Mr. Schwarzenegger, what are your selections? <laughs> uh, first, I want to say Peter Bretter from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, Jason Siegel is just seems to be one of the most charming men ever. And I think uh, Peter Redder is probably the best extension of that on screen. And so I think it would just be fun. Uh, I want to hang out with the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like for a night, just like busting ghosts and being getting up to no good and saving New York from uh, the Marshmallow Man. Uh, I think that would just be a blast. Would you head to Dana Barrett's apartment and check her out? I mean, go check, check out, out Dana, yeah. Dana Barrett's apartment. Yeah, I would do that. Uh, and then finally, similar to Alex, a caveat. I want to sit in a class taught by Dr. Indiana Jones. And I want to put, I love you, on my eyelids. Aw, yes. I'd, I'd, ha- I'd have that lecture. Yeah. You Thanks. realize how much time she put into doing that? Like, that must have, A, hurt, and B, because it's not like these ballpoint like, pins are like extremely, extremely pleasant. So she had to <laughs> go, she had to go backwards, like, open a mirror, I don't know. It's just, it has some dedication. Film logic. Yeah, just, I don't know. I couldn't do it. Ow. Those are my picks. Excellent. I like those very, very much. My picks are also sort of action-oriented, but they are also a trip through time um, as a result. And so let's go to Victorian London. I want to hang out with uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes as yes. Jude Law's John Watson. <laughs> a, a fun evening would be had by all, I think, uh, clearly. Let's go a little bit further back in time. I want to stand up all night playing poker with Doc Holliday, played by Val Kilmer. Yes. Uh, that would be just a lot of fun. You know, yes. maybe wider will show up. You know, maybe not, but either way, you know, this is going to be fun, and probably someone's going to get knifed uh, by the end of <laughs> Why, Johnny Tyler? Not you. I forgot you were there. Uh, it's going to be good times uh, to be had in that way. Let's go into the 40s. I want to hang out with uh, Sam Spade, uh, the Humphrey Bogart Sam yes. Spade. Yes. Or Philip Marlowe, either one. Um, uh, both cases. Uh, I think that's a great night on the town. It's something I did say on my interview on People's History of Film, but I stand by it. Let's get to the 50s. I want to hang out with uh, one Frank Sinatra playing Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven in the original, <laughs> hanging out at the sands, uh, doing that sort of stuff. I think a good time would be had. I don't know if you could keep up with uh, Danny Ocean or uh, Frank Sinatra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun to find out. Uh, and I think it's about all I can say there about my trip through time. Dear listener, we'd like to hear your trip through the movies and movie characters, uh, particularly in the action genre, uh, who you like to spend some time with um, hanging out painting the town red. So you can do that via those magical means that we all know as social media. Miss Alexander Bohannon, do you know anything about those means by which the conversations could be held? Sure thing, Dustin. You can find the Good Trash Media Network at goodtrashmedia.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodtrashmedia. On Instagram at goodtrashmedia. You can find us on Twitter at, at good underscore trash. And finally, you can give to us online at patreon.com forward slash gtm. Thank you very much for that, Miss Alexander Bohannon. I think, guys, it's time to get down to business. It's business. Say you're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh, it's business. It's business time. 
That's right, dear listeners. And that business, as always, is analysis. I'm so excited to hear what my co-hosts have to say about my host pick because I like this movie so much and I like to hear my friends say smart things. And it pleases me in crazy ways. I'm going to go to you first, Mr. Arthur Gordon. What analysis do you bring? I want to talk about the power of movies. And really, one of the reasons that we do this show and have launched this network, uh, for all of us at this table, movies have made an impact in our lives in some way or another, uh, from helping us find an identity to inspiring us to push ourselves forward farther, uh, to be more creative, to break open the things that have such a vast influence on our culture. And Last Action Hero is a great platform for that. Uh, For Danny, the movies are a form of escape. They have become his home away from home and his way of coping with the grief of his home life, as I think the movies were a way of escape for us at different times in our lives. He sees Jack Slater as the greatest hero that ever lived, larger than life, smart, strong, cunning, all of the things that he may wish that he was. It's the same experience I had watching Terminator 2, Predator, Rambo, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, and so on. I was never confident in myself as a kid, but because of these characters on screen, I was able to imagine a different reality. And as I got older, I got more into the films and I was able to enjoy them uh, as thrill rides, finding them as ways of connecting with other people. Uh, They challenged my worldview and they've allowed for catharsis that ticket stub that you get anytime you go to a theater uh, especially for cinephiles is truly a magic ticket Uh, that's why i often hang on to my stubs they remind me of that trip to worlds x y and z mctiernan allows for this connection to be visible on the big screen as he actually sends his character into the movie he's watching it's one of the greatest wish fulfillment moments i can think of and it is through this journey with jack slater that danny is able to begin coming to terms with who he is and what his life is and for those of us who are cinephiles that's what the movies do they allow us to better understand the human condition uh, the way the world functions and our role in that world oftentimes they can have a spiritual experience as caleb and dustin have mentioned in regards to terrence malick uh, they can be cathartic as dalton and Dustin and I can attest in relation to our fathers and movies that address those topics and themes. And that's why we do this. This is what the good trash thing is about. It's about us furthering the conversation of the movies and what they mean to us, not only on a personal level, but also a cultural level. Uh, last week's film Top Gun is a prime jumping off point because it had such a cultural impact, and I'm still not sure why. Uh, and- <laughs> You're still wrong, too. It's so funny that he doesn't like that movie. And this, yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> side note. Uh, and this is an idea that goes back to the earliest days of cinema with D.W. Griffith and The Birth of a Nation and its impact on a resurging Ku Klux Klan. And we follow that with the era of the movie star where the lives of these silver screen icons impacted fashion trends uh, views of the war, political standings in the home life. It's evidence in the rise of the counterculture in the 70s where the ideals of the younger generation were being presented on the big screen in the stories of Butch and Sundance, Easy Rider and Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, Last Action Hero puts on screen the idea of just how powerful the movies can be. It also helps to reinforce the idea that while movies can provide escape, they can also give you the tools and ideas uh, to leave renewed to be able to take a new viewpoint on your life. And that's the moral of the story at the end of Last Action Hero. Excellent. Well said. Bring in the word, Mr. Arthur Gordon. And I appreciate that in crazy ways. Amen, Arthur. I I heartily agree. Mr. Caleb Masters, what analysis did you bring today? Yeah, well, I just want to talk about, uh, go a little more in depth on, I think what's one of the more on-the-nose readings of the film is just deconstructing the idea of of the action hero. And firstly, I do want to say, say that the movie really does serve as a brilliant love letter to Arnold's career. Uh, up until 1993, and I believe it, it, it does indulge 
on all the, the best aspects of his movies. So I really appreciate that about the film. Uh, but what makes this movie really interesting is how Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger and director John McTiernan uh, deconstruct the action hero. And Arnold himself really taking a hard look at the persona and archetype he spent so many years building. Uh, he's a man's man with the ladies. He can tote any gun from any arsenal. He can crack the best one-liners with flawless timing, and he can drive the fastest, coolest cars available with ease. And he can do it all while looking like a super jacked, uh, a sorry, a jacked supermodel. Uh, he is the image of masculinity all wrapped up into one. And uh, now the, the, the film slowly uh, deconstructs this notion uh, firstly by ramping uh, you know ramping up the silly tropes to an 11 so you've got explosions literally around every corner my favorite was when he was the card countdown oh my god I that lost was it hilarious. So I <laughs> lost it I, I, the second I realized what was going on I like it was like five four I lost it right there and then when that house actually it's a bomb oh my god sorry that was one of my favorite moments from the entire movie um but yeah, so explosions around every corner, cars flying around with cartoonish physics, guns being we- uh, wielded with paper light ease. Yeah, this is the action hero. Now, I wanna—I was uh, doing a little more research on the archetype, uh, particularly it's from the 80s, and I found a really great article from The Artifice uh, as written by Mr. Mustafa, because I can't pronounce your first name. Uh, the action hero is comparable to the hero of a fantasy novel, which often tells, a te- tells the tale of an individual who embarks on a quest to change the world. They can transcend the laws of man and nature, achieving what is out of reach for the most ordinary people. Similarly, the action hero can transcend the rules for they are not resigned to a destiny or fate. They are actively making their own luck. Uh, for he who holds the, the power that we lack in our own lives... For uh, us as spectators, we wish to be that hero, and we want to change ourselves to become that hero. The hero is the ideal that we wish for ourselves to be. Now, while there is absolutely nothing wrong with striving to be a better you, because everyone should absolutely do that, uh, and I think in a lot of ways, action heroes can be inspirations for that, uh, it's crucial to understand how the film distinguishes the fantasy of the action hero from the reality. The reality uh, is, in this film... Danny's reality, and it's uh, very it's it's very important that this film were was to uh, further set itself apart from the action movie, which is why the over the top nature of that was so it's so crucial for the, for the, this analysis to work. Um, the heightened reality further separates itself itself from another you know kind of Hollywood reality. Once Jack is taken into J- Danny's real world, Arnold can trip and he can fall. His driving techniques aren't just stupid; they're suicidal. <laughs> Uh, that's, yeah, the scene with the taxi was just oh my god uh, when he fires a gun he is launched backwards by the kickback and he can't just hand Danny a gun and say take care of it because guys guess what there's a whole moral of the story that says don't wield uh, don't play with your dad's gun just that was really unnerving to me the kid walking around just like popping people it was, it was weird uh his film the antics are no long they no longer apply because they are dangerous in the real world. In reality, the action hero is no more than Joe Schmo with a cocky, overconfident attitude. Now, what may be the most crucial detail for for this reality they're painting is uh, is the in the monologue by Charles Dance uh, when he gives uh, when he talks about when he says, "You know what may, the best part of this world is? In this world, the bad guys can win." That's right. In the real world, evil can and often does triumph. Sometime a bunch of old fogies will vote for the UK to secede the European Union. Sometimes 
ISIS will commit a mass execution of journalists in Syria. And against all odds and logic, the NRA will somehow keep the U.S. from passing any sort of gun legislation, any sort at all. This is reality, and it's not nearly as fun or optimistic of the world as the action hero, but it is crucial to understand that our world exists as just that, where evil can win. For us to understand the real value of the archetype of the action hero, while the movie slips up, I, I think the movie slips up a little bit in the end by kind of falling back on the same tropes that it's trying to undermine, you know, the whole electrocuting the bad guy on the roof. That was silly. Um, but I think what the film is saying is it is uh, taking a look at the action hero, and it's saying that you need to remove, you need to, re- to remove the crazy ripped, gun-toting, driving sexy cars or don't-give-a-shit attitude from these, these heroes to understand why they've been immortalized and they're, they're important in uh, pop culture. They fight for the underdog. They serve justice. They defeat e- the evil on the planet. So oftentimes, I think what a lot, a lot of times hap- happens with action stars is people cling on to all the really cool stuff. He, oh, he can sh- fire guns and drive cars. But what's, in reality, what's most important is that he is trying to, to defeat evil and uh, st- stick up for injustice. So if we as viewers don't differentiate between the two, we actually perpetuate the dangerous cartoon antics of action hero, again, the archetype, and continue to let the bad guys win. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this film as meta-cinema. Uh, we, we throw that term around a lot, and I want to give something of a taxonomy of the sorts of meta-cinema that we can experience when we watch film. And uh, Last Action Hero is the sort of film in which there is a real filmic world, uh, and, and there's sort of a, a interpenetration between those worlds and a real world that we see on screen. Uh, the first case in this you find in a Charlie Chaplin film, you find this in The Kid, where uh, Chaplin falls back into a film or is it City Lights it's a kid right I my memory is escaping me at this point. Watch them both; they're both great. Uh, nonetheless, he falls back into the screen, and then he experiences like the uh, the sort of vertigo of montage cutting, where he's in one scene and he's suddenly in another sequence, and he's another in a sequence, and and so on and so forth. And uh, this film does a similar sort of thing, con- continuing this tradition uh, with Charlie Chaplin. Uh, the other sort of meta film that we uh, talk about is where we get meta film from another movement in another art form, which is the meta novel, which is a novel about making a novel. And uh, this goes back, I think a great example of this is Singing in the Rain, in which we have a film in which we the, the characters are making a musical, and the film is about the characters making a musical, and you have moments where you're in the musical, and you have moments also when you're in their quote-unquote real lives. And so it sort of goes back and forth, uh, and, and what have you and what not. Now in the postmodern era, and this, you can read Frederick Jameson about this sort of stuff, uh, there is the self-aware film, which is the film in which it knows it's a movie, but it's not really addressed in terms of the narrative. The characters are playing with the tropes of film, and it's sort of one of the in-jokes as you watch it. Uh, the premier example of this for me right now is Cabin in the Woods, in which the, the characters don't know that they're in a movie, but they completely see that all the movie tropes are happening, and uh, they do these sort of things for an audience satisfaction uh, sort of sense. Uh, and so uh, you can also see to a lesser extent this in, say, the Scream films. And uh, so what we have then is this taxonomy uh, of different types of meta films. So it, it, it's, it's a big film. It's about making movies. It's about the movies. And uh, there's, a, there's a great list of films that are doing this. And this sort of self-awareness is one of the things that Hollywood really loves right now in cinema. I look back to the artist's success, which is, again, a, a meta film in, in sort of the backstage sense uh, of the classical sense in, in the vein of 
singing in the rain. And also, it's making a, quite a bit of reference to the tr- sound uh, from Silence Transition as well. And so you see these sort of things going on, these sort of terms cat, uh, you know, thrown about. And and then sometimes when we say metafilm, is it is a large catch-all for any movie that sort of knows it's a movie. And uh, what I would like to say in terms of our, our terminology and our language, I want to do a little sharpening. And I think Last Action Hero is a good place for that, where we can sharpen our language a little bit uh, with regard to the metafilm and say, okay, well, what species of metafilm are we dealing with when we taxonomize it? And so I give you that fodder for thought, dear listener, and would love to hear your conversation about it in the future. Let's move on, though, and conclude our show as we always do with our verdict, shelf or trash, and then our else's or instead's. I'm very, very excited to hear what my co-hosts have to say about all of that. I go to you first, Mr. Caleb Masters. What do you say? Shelf or trash? And then what do you recommend as an else or an instead? Uh, no, shelf it. I, I'm a sucker for meta cinema, and I, I think if you have any fandom for Arnold Schwarzenegger at all, this belongs on your shelf. It's so much fun, and yeah, it just it's even if you're not an Arnold fan, it's still a fun movie. Like all the stuff that's happening in, in the in the fictional, like the, the movie within a movie, is just God. It's so much fun. Uh, so for that reason, shelf it, shelf it alone. I, I would say this is an absolute essential Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Uh, honestly, uh, else I want to go ahead and go with John McTiernan's uh, other kind of also somewhat meta film die hard uh which we love 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 there's a lot of meta dustin's got his thinking brain on there's a lot of meta in that movie too not as self-aware but it's definitely there uh you've got look at a film from arnold that is definitely the version that this film is spoofing commando uh which i think for me that i mean i think of like the epitome of arnold movie like in the best way because I love Commando in the best way possible, though. Like that is the Arnold movie. Um, I'd also recommend Tropic Thunder, which is looking at and jabbing a lot of fun at uh, Hollywood's the way Hollywood makes movies and also the power of cinema. And lastly, if you're looking at a film that's got a little more tea to it, that's a little smarter, a little more dramatic, so a little more serious, look at Skyfall because that is for what this movie does to Arnold. That film does to 007. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what do you say? Shelf for trash, else, or instead? I would definitely shelf this movie. It's a great, great movie. It's it's totally worthy of being on a shelf. I would even argue if you're not an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, if you even kind of dislike him, you could watch this movie. Because it it's not just a celebration of Arnold's action heritage. It also lampoons it much very significantly. So if you're like, oh my gosh, big dumb action movies, which... A lot of them are big, dumb action movies. But um, I think that this could even tickle your interest if you're like, man, Arnie, pff, which I'm sorry. I don't know if we could be friends anymore if that's the case. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but my my recommendations for uh, Elses are, um, of course, more uh, two-named uh, big, dumb action movies like John Wick, Jack Reacher, and Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Like, just a bunch of, you know, they're dudes' names and they're getting sequels for some reason, yeah, which several, I don't those, know why. Several of those are not very good movies. I know. Yeah, Jack that's, Ryan. That's why they're, like, being paired with this movie, you know, because it's like the movie within the movie, etc. Um, obviously, T- T2, The Expendables. And then finally, I would like to recommend a documentary, uh, Electric Boogaloo. The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. It's on Netflix. It has lots of boobs, so make sure you don't watch <laughs> a, watch it around small children. But essentially, it's talking about these two brothers from Israel who uh, made a studio that totally revolutionized uh, Hollywood as as we know it. I think it changed Hollywood forever in terms of like their output and and the stars that they made. Um, 
they made lots of big, dumb action movies. Like, that was their calling card. Um, they made a star out of Chuck Norris. They made a star out of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. Yeah, that's the other one. And then, oh, who's the guy? He's old. He's got a mustache. He's got a kind of weird head. I'm trying to remember. It's still Chuck Norris, right? No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. No, but uh, he was in a bunch of their movies, and I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, he's another run-of-the-mill action, you know, action B to C lister. Um, but yeah, he made, they made stars of them all. And of course they eventually like collapsed into dust as this kind of stuff usually does. But I would definitely recommend that if you are in anything interested in studio systems, um, and how people, um, become, you know, the last action hero. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Miss Alexander Bohannon, Mr. Arthur Gordon. What do you say? Show for trash else or instead? I'm going to say shelf. I think you watched this with the episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, where the vampire comes out of the screen. Um, I think you watch Holy Motors, and that would complement the themes of the power yes. of cinema. Uh, watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because the illusions are there. The cat, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Whiskers, or Detective Whiskers. Uh, and uh, finally, watch Blazing Saddles. That would be a fun double bill. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Um, I want to recommend, like, all the movies. I'm Shelf, of course. Shelf, for me. I, this is my host pick. It's a movie I love. It was on my VHS shelf. I've yet to get it in a digital copy of um, some form, DVD, Blu-ray, etc., so on and so forth. Um, if you want to send me gifts, um, contact us at goodtrashgenrecast uh, at gmail.com. And uh, I would love to accept your free gift uh, because of your uh, love for me and or what we perform here on this show. What else should you watch? I mean, yes, you could do the McTiernan uh, Marathon, go Predator, go Die Hard, go This, and uh, you'll see something of an arc there. You could do a metafilm fun fest in which you uh, work your way through, say, you're singing in the rain, then watch this, and then watch Cabin in the Woods, as I mentioned in my analysis, which would be the weirdest night you've ever spent in your life. <laughs> but I think oddly educational and somehow it's fun. Um, or you could just do some big, dumb, fun action, perhaps like the film from which this film cribs in crazy ways, Lethal Weapon and its sequels. Um, also, Jack Reacher, because I like that movie, and I just want to say Jack Reacher, and Jack Reacher 2 is coming out, and I'm so excited, and I don't care. I don't understand I, it myself, because yes. it's I wouldn't want to watch the movie within this movie in a serious <laughs> way. Uh, no, it's fun. I love it, and I'm just happy about it. Yeah, I like big, dumb stuff, and I can hate it and think it's dumb and be but do you like, by it. But you like big, dumb, generic stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Generic? Some, sometimes generic's even better. Oh, you guys. You learn as much from a bad movie as you do from a good movie. No, 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 there's bad, and there's generic. There's a, there's a distinction there, my friend. Oh, uh, well, okay. Uh, nonetheless, uh, very, very fun and uh, things that I like very much. We'd love to hear your recommendations via those magical means of social media that we've already mentioned beforehand in our show. We now come to the point where we announce what's happening next week. Uh, we had sort of a misfire or a false alarm earlier on in uh, the course of our scheduling, but we are going to get down to Watchmen next week. Uh, very, very excited to take a adventure with one, one Zack Snyder and uh, Ozymandias and Dr. Manhattan etc etc so on and so forth so stay tuned for that but most importantly dear listener this is what really matters is that when you watch a movie watch it with your friends or have your friends watch it also in another location and then have a conversation because the conversation is what makes it really worthwhile keep watching keep talking and we'll see you all next time 
The Good Trash Genre Cast is produced and edited by Arthur Gordon. Direction by Dustin Sells. Social media by Alexandra Bohannon, Caleb Masters, and Dalton Stewart. Our intro and outro is Night Call by Kavinsky and Lovebox. We are also proud to feature music from Deer Tick this week on the program. For more information on this episode of the Good Trash Genre Cast, as well as the rest of the Good Trash Media family, please visit goodtrashmedia.com.